Educate for Life on AM 1170. The answer is sponsored by EducateForLife.org. This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover on AM 1170, The Answer. Educate for Life, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you. What you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego, every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. And what my ministry is all about is trying to figure out what's going on in this world. What is reality all about? Uh, We look at the deep issues of life. Where did we come from? Where are we going? What is our purpose uh, for existing? Do I have a purpose for existing? Or am I just the product of random chance? You know, um, something that's been in the news just recently is aliens. According to the New York Daily News, Canadian Minister of National Defense, Paul Hellyer, this was just reported just a few days ago, he says aliens have been visiting our planet for thousands of years. Speaking at a Disclosure Canada tour, Hellyer says that a cabal of world government leaders has covered up proof that aliens exist. Hellyer claims he's seen a UFO near Toronto just a few years ago, and he gets regular reports from people who claim they've been abducted by aliens. It's an alien planet if you're paying attention. Those are the words from a uh, uh, previous pr- uh, prior National Defense Minister of Canada, Paul Hellyer. And, uh, you know, that's in- interesting that somebody, uh, you know, with this kind of a respectable position would make that claim. And the question is, is this just one, you know, person that kind of uh, got crazy or went in some weird direction? Is this something we should ignore? Uh, and as a Bible-believing Christian, how do I respond to uh, the claim that aliens exist? You know, I... Uh, frequently people will come up to me and they'll say, so what do you think about aliens? Are there aliens out there in space? Does the Bible talk about aliens? And that's an important question because according to Nova, 20 million Americans have seen a UFO and over 4 million claim to have been physically abducted by aliens. So aliens are all over our culture. And as a Christian, I need to know how do I respond to this? What is the biblical response? What is the logical response? What is the rational response here to this question of aliens? Now, my guest on the show today is Gary Bates, who is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Alien Intrusion. I highly recommend you pick up this book. Uh, Excellent book. I've read quite a bit of it. He is also the CEO of Creation Ministries International, which has offices in seven countries. He's also written four other books on creation. And uh, Gary, you used to be a convinced evolutionist. What changed your mind and what caused you to write a book on aliens? Well, hi, Kevin. Uh, Yes, well, myself and, in fact, uh, most of my colleagues, my scientific colleagues in Creation Ministries International are also former evolutionists, um, and they've become convinced to the biblical truth of creation. I might want to say that's not a a small group, as far as I know. Uh, CMI, Creation Ministries International, we employ more scientists than any Christian ministry in the world. Now, like them, if uh, in any Western country we've attended public school uh, and public universities, we will have been taught evolution as fact. It's the government-mandated view of our origins under the guise that you know evolution is science 
and creation is religion. Yeah. Now, but, uh, what myself and my colleagues have discovered, of course, that when it comes to events that allegedly happened in the past, whether it's a Big Bang 13.7 billion years ago, or whether the idea that dinosaurs evolved into birds, they are non-testable, non-repeatable, non-observable uh, alleged events about the past. We were not there to witness them. So automatically, they fall, both creation and evolution, fall into the realm of what we call historical science. In other words, we're talking about alleged events of history. Now, that might be a bit of a stretch for some folks listening, but when we use the word science, we commonly understand that as the, the testable, repeatable scientific method, you know, where we think about technology, laptop computers, radio stations, where you can do tests, repeat them, observe them, and then from that you can build upon those tests and do experiments over time, and that's what gives us the technology we have today. Evolution and creation do not fall into any of those criteria, and uh, as a result, as I said, they are a faith uh, position. And because we've only been exposed to one point of view, when we dig up rocks out of the ground, when we look at fossils, when we try to discover the universe, we've kind of already had a set of glasses placed upon us with a view of history, if you like, an evolutionary view of history. And so that's how we come to interpret everything. And it's quite amazing. Our ministry, we travel uh, all over the United States. As you said, we've got offices in different countries. We did about 1,200 different presentations around the world last year. And we go to people and we show them exactly the same facts that evolutionists observe. But we say, let's just wear a set of biblical glasses for me. Let's take the Bible's history as given and let's interpret these rocks and let's interpret these fossils in light of the Bible's history. You know, for example, Noah's flood and suddenly the Bible comes alive for people. And so the disconnect is created because people think evolution is science. They think we can do tests in the present to tell us what happened in the past when actually we both come to the same facts with presuppositions, if you like. Yeah. And so uh, helping people understand that is really empowering. Now, something that um, is constantly comes up whenever I have a discussion with somebody about this is they'll say, well, evolution is science. And usually what I find out is what they're referring to is adaptation, meaning um, that change within what um, we would call a kind, um, which might be similar to a family, if we're talking from a biological perspective as we're dividing up animals, um, that change within a kind happens, change within a family happens, but change from one kind to another kind is not observable. Therefore, we can't call it scientific, even though many evolutionary scientists will say, um, because we see adaptation, we see change within a kind, we assume change from one kind to another. So molecules to man evolution is true because we see variation within dogs, yeah. for example. Yeah, in other words, the mantra is, and listen, Kevin, I get this virtually every church that I speak at where students, these are Christian kids in Christian homes in the church, come up to me and my colleagues and they say, you know, our lecturers say to us, we see creatures change over time, therefore evolution is true. That's it in a nutshell. And what that actually is, is a bait and switch. Because the lecturer or the scientist, he might be thinking about, you know, different types of dogs or different types of the cat kind, what we call the cat kind. We see lions and tigers, for example, or cheetahs, uh, any of those feline species. 
Okay, notice I use the word species, that's a man-made word, mm. but they're actually capable of interbreeding. That shows us they came from an original cat kind. And so what happens is when we go back and we think about creation, and modern genetics is bearing this out, the DNA molecule that is in the nucleus of all of our cells, the trillions of cells in our body and every living thing on this planet, um, is the most amazing storage system. In fact, if I could take a pinhead, a uh, dressmaker's pinhead's worth of DNA out of, out of your body and my body and typed out the letters of information in it, it is so efficient at storing in information, I could amass a pile of books that would reach from here to the moon 240 times. Oh, my goodness. So I mention that to say that obviously God is a sovereign God. He foreknew the fall. He foreknew the flood. And so in those original kinds, and that's what the Bible describes in Genesis 1, 10 times over, God created according to their kinds, his kinds, not the word species. He was able to front load those distinct kinds of creatures with enough genetic information to help them survive and adapt in a post-fall world. Now, how does that process happen? Yeah. Let me just ask your listeners here to, uh, in their mind's eye, imagine some illustrations. Imagine you've got a, a group of dogs, and in these dogs, we're going to do a natural selection experiment for fur length. So in these range of dogs, I've got dogs with long fur, short fur, medium fur. Now, what happens is all that genetic information, so the short fur dog, for example, uh, because we get one set of instructions from each of our parents, he may have inherited a short fur gene from his mother and a short fur gene from his father. The long fur dog might inherit a long fur gene from dad and a short fur gene from, dog, uh, from the, father, uh, the other parent. And the dogs in the medium range, well, they may have got a short fur gene and a long fur gene, so that's why it's expressed in the medium range. The middle range tends to give you the most amount of variation. Okay. Now, uh, uh, so, Gary, now, uh, just real quick, we're coming up on a, a quick break here, but um, I, I know some of my listeners out there are thinking, wait a second, I thought this was about aliens. Don't worry, it is about aliens. We are. Um, this is important to discuss because it's relevant to the book. Um, alien intrusion, and it's it's uh, significant. The connection here, what is the connection between aliens and evolution? When we come back, we'll continue this discussion with my guest, Gary Bates of creation.com. Wake up, America. Diets don't work. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and most of us have dutifully dieted our way there. Research indicates the average woman spends 17 years of her life on a diet. Stop dieting. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Activate the miracle and lose weight permanently with healing foods. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family owned. Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org, where you can listen to a recording of this show 
and any other previous shows. Lots of interesting shows on there. And uh, my guest today is Gary Bates of Creation Ministries International. He's wrote a best-selling book called Alien Intrusion. And um, Gary today is a Bible-believing uh, scientific creationist. And he he used to be an evolutionist. And I think um, I, I'm going to let him finish the last point from our previous segment there, demonstrating um, how, how variation takes place. But um, I want to ask you also, uh, Gary, what is it, is it that convinced you that evolution um, was not true and that creation was? But I'll let you finish that last point you were making there. Sure. So let's just wrap this up. Uh, evolution says that we have to get from simple to complex. So a simple bacterium, the simplest organism on the earth today, only has about half a million letters in it, where human beings have three billion letters in our DNA. So we have to have some process that adds genetic information to the genome over time. And they say natural selection and adaptation or even mutation is the key. So before we were saying we've got a group of dogs with differing lengths of fur. Now, Kevin, let me ask you, if there was an ice age or the environment got really cold, which dogs would have a survival advantage? Oh, obviously the ones with the most fur. The ones with long fur. So yeah. nature culls. Now, nature's not some conscious living entity that can think. But in what we're saying is creatures without a favorable adaptation will die out. We'll get rid of the dogs with short and medium fur, and only dogs with long fur will survive. And then they'll repopulate and we'll only have a population of dogs with long fur. But you remember I said at the beginning, they've inherited a long fur gene from dad and a long fur gene from mum. So they only have genetic information for long fur. The first thing we need to note here is they've actually lost genetic information. The population has lost the genes for short and medium fur, yet they can be adapted to their environment. That's the opposite of evolution. Okay, evolution so requires adding of information. So natural selection, at the very best, you might get a recombination of genes. And, you know, we see things like blind cave fish uh, that, have, that obviously exist in very, very dark caves with no sunlight, and, and they might, uh, you know, have scratched their eyes or there might be a mutation that causes them to be blind. And that might be a survival advantage in those environments. But it's easier to break something than it is to make something new. Yeah, that makes the opposite of evolution. The first thing is the information had to come from a pre-existing pre source of information. Yeah, I usually get so that's, the... a, that's kind of natural selection in a, in a nutshell. Creatures do change. Dogs change into jo dogs, but frogs don't become princes after a kiss from a beautiful girl. There are limits to the change. I see what you're saying, yeah. I usually use the example with my students of... Uh, if I have a car, like my car, it had an alarm, but the alarm was bugging me because it kept going off in the middle of the night. So what I did was I tore the alarm out and uh, I mutated it. And essentially it gave it a functional advantage in the sense that it stopped waking me up in the middle of the night. But I, it was a loss of, you know, the original design. Uh, so to a, to a certain degree, there's some similarities there. But um, is this what caused you to, is this, this what you're sharing with us right now? Is this what caused you to ultimately reject evolution and then become a creationist, or was there some specific thing that actually really uh, affected you? Well, part of it, I became a Christian first, but I was still an evolutionist, and uh, like, like most people who've uh, been brought up in the sciences and, uh, and become Christians, we try to add the millions of years of evolution, we try to make the days of Genesis long periods of time, etc. 
And I went to a lecture by a creationist uh, you might know, uh, Dr. Steve Austin. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he was one of the foremost researchers on the Mount St. Helens explosion up in Washington State when it exploded back in the 1980s. And uh, it's one of the world, most well-documented catastrophic events in modern history because the mountain was swelling and they knew it was going to erupt. So there were cameras there, scientists were crawling all over the place. And uh, in the aftermath of the initial eruption, it laid down bands of strata, banks of strata. Strata are those kind of the wide-coloured bands that we see in, in uh, you know, like the Grand Canyon. When you look at the Grand Canyon, you'll see those rock layers. And in the strata are very fine layers called sedimentary layers. And the traditional view, or the very reason, believe it or not, why people believe the Earth is millions and billions of years old is an interpretation of the world's geology. Remember I said at the beginning we have the same facts, evolutionist and creationist? Yeah. So when I went to school, I was taught those layers, those very fine layers in the Grand Canyon, maybe one layer per year, and there are millions of layers. Therefore, we were looking at millions of years' history, and the Colorado River wound its way through the canyon and eroded it over tens of millions of years. But when we looked at actually what happened at Mount St. Helens, we saw banks of strata, tens of feet of strata with all the very fine laminations we see at at, uh, the Grand Canyon were laid down in a matter of hours as a result of rapid catastrophic events. Engineers Canyon, a canyon that is almost like a mini Grand Canyon, now has a river running through it, but that was eroded in a matter of months by the diversion of water from Spirit Lake that carved its way through solid basalt mud and water and sand and sediments being carried at high speed can do an incredible amount of geologic work. So again, remember I said if we look, looked at the Bible's history and we looked at all the world's geology, the Bible says there was a global flood, right? The fountains of the great deep broke open. That original supercontinent broke apart, not continental uh, drift, continental sprint. And as, as someone once said, you know, if there really was a global flood, what, what would you expect the evidence to be around the world? You'd expect to find thousands of meters of sedimentary rock layers, and you'd expect to find dead things in them, fossils. Well, guess what we do find when we look around the world? Thousands of meters of sedimentary layers with fossils in them. The evolutionist says, based on his interpretation, that took millions of years to lay down. The creationist says, man, Noah's flood must have really ripped through here in a hurry. So, yeah, and that's, that that's incredible. That was the key for me. Yeah, once, that, that was it. the millions of years fell, everything started tumbling, tumbling down. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I love the, um, some of the evidence I've seen on your website, creation.com, where uh, it talks about how some of the sedimentary layers are, literally are across uh, multiple continents. And so uh, the question is, how can you have a flood, a local flood, uh, lay down, uh, strata that literally stretches across multiple continents. And so um, I thought that was really interesting. Some of the evidence there is amazing. Well, not only that, we've got a brand new documentary out called Evolution's Achilles Heels. Uh, they can get it from our website or Amazon. And um, we look at the very foundations or the pillars of evolutionary theory, you know, natural selection, genetics, the origin of life, the fossil record, the geologic column. And we have some incredible footage where you can see those colored bands of strata stretching across mountain ranges. So just imagine this, Kevin. If each of those layers were laid down one per year and it took millions of years, when we see mountains uplift, we would see breaks and cracks in those strata, Mm. right? Yeah. What we're 
finding is we're finding those folds of, or those, those bands of strata, they're folded and bent almost like Play-Doh over, over mountain ranges. And, and some of the footage we've got, you can see them. They're exposed, different colored bands. And so they, it's evidence. Intuitively, you can look at that and say all of those sediments must have been laid down quickly and they must have been pushed up while they were still soft and, and malleable or plastic-like, for example. Yeah, I see so what you're saying. So even the yeah. idea that we've been taught that, you know, mountains like the Himalayas gradually rise a few centimeters a year is actually not supported by the evidence that we see when we see these bands of strata just folding, uh, you know, and, and bent, etc., rather than being broken or cracked. Yeah, that makes and a lot so, of sense. Yes, not only across continents, but... You know, something that you can visually see with your own eyes in a bite-sized uh, example yeah. is powerful now, evidence of rapid catastrophi uh, catastrophism upon the Earth. For those of you who are listening out there, um, I just want to make it, uh, you know, make this offer. Their website, creation.com, has literally thousands of articles, scientific articles written by Ph.D. scientists. Uh, he mentioned the DVD they have, Evolution's Achilles Heel. Uh, multiple, uh, I think somewhere around 15 different uh, Ph.D. scientists are um, uh, discussing the evidence for... Uh, creation versus evolution. So encourage you to check that out. I promise you we are going to get to aliens here in the next segment. So stay with us. We will be right back. We're going to talk about alien abductions and sightings. And what in the world does that have to do with evolution? My guest is Gary Bates. We will be right back. Wake up, America. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and it's not your fault. End the guilt, frustration, and pain. Stop dieting, starving, and depriving yourself. Free yourself from the bondage of feeling trapped in your body. Forgive yourself. Achieve permanent weight loss with healing foods. You can love food again. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Learn how to activate the miracle. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website, my ministry website, is educateforlife.org. And uh, like I said, you can uh, listen to this show, this, this one recording right now. If you want to um, listen to it again, you can listen to it tomorrow. It will be up on the website for you to um, download. You can also follow us on iTunes. And uh, my guest today is Gary Bates, who has written a best-selling book called Alien Intrusion. And um, part of the reason uh, I understand it, Gary, that you wrote this book is because really um, sci-fi and aliens and everything that has to do with it is one of the most um, popular things in our culture. And it almost seems like uh, people are creating a religion out of uh, you know alien abductions and alien sightings. Um, what caused you to decide to write this book, Alien Intrusion? Well, first off, you mentioned I was a former evolutionist, yeah. uh, which, which is correct, and um, but I was also a very keen sci-fi fan. And of course, I don't know if most people realize, science fiction, most of the science fiction today that has alien themes 
is predicated upon the concept of evolution occurring all over the universe. So, for example, I'll give you, you know, as part of the research, I, I've been to UFO conferences. I remember in Australia some years ago, this UFO researcher stood up and he said, look, evolution is a fact. You and I are here. We're proof of it. Therefore, in a 14 billion year old universe, there, you know, at the at the edge of the universe, those alien races, uh, you know, could be 14 billion years older than us. Even if they were one billion years older than us on the evolutionary scale, could you imagine the technologies they've developed in that time? Oh, and that's okay. how that's come they can visit the Earth in their hyperdrive spaceships, and you know, they've seeded seeded the Earth with some primordial DNA and allowed evolution to take over and that's why we're here today and in fact this is becoming not science fiction it's becoming almost mainstream science you know when I mentioned before about the complexity of the cell even Sir Francis Crick uh, the former Nobel Science Prize winner who co-discovered the DNA molecule with James Watson back in 1953 he said it was almost like a miracle because he realized it was complex coded information information codes and language come from an intelligent source that they don't appear randomly. And so because he was an atheist and about atheist, he wouldn't uh, give credit to the creator God for what he discovered. Over 60 years ago, he said aliens must have seeded life on Earth. So he, he, acknowledged, that it, he acknowledged that it couldn't have happened by uh, random chances. Essentially, he, he was kind of giving up on uh, random chance creating life on Earth and, and saying there had to be something that that put us here essentially, right? Well, he's believing in an intelligent designer yeah. rather than the God of the Bible. He says it's, um, you know, uh, it, it was aliens, but those aliens have got to overcome the very, very laws of physics to get here. I mean, look, I love science fiction. Don't get me wrong. But the idea that you can travel through the universe at warp factor five um, <laughs> is actually unscientific. And in my book, you'll read the science fiction writers, some of the best known of all time, will tell you that the travel distance problem is a pain in the neck to science fiction writers. So they come up with exotic science fiction notions like, you know, flying through hyperspace or, or something like this. But they're actually not scientifically tenable. And uh, anybody, you know with an ounce of scientific knowledge in the area of physics will tell you basically it's not possible. It literally is science fiction. Yeah. Now, so now you our, appeal to uh, unknowns to explain what you don't like, basically. Yeah, exactly. Now, are you, are you, um, are it, you're from Australia, obviously our audience, any, if anybody in our audience doesn't realize already, uh, Gary is from Australia and, um, are, are aliens more popular in Australia or are they more popular in America? <laughs> they're 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 as popular in any Western country that you like, and uh, when I say Western country, I mean more kind of civilized, techn technologically advanced countries, first world countries, you might say. Um, they're huge in Japan, uh, even in places like China, South America. There are certain UFO hotspots in the world. Uh, Brazil is one, Mexico is another, and so on, and. Um, They've been seen for years. I mean, uh, yeah, the ancient Romans and Greeks said they saw flying shields with people on board. The American Indians said they saw flying canoes uh, with people on board. And a lot of uh, ufologists, uh, secular ufologists, feel that they've been visiting us for centuries, just like you mentioned Paul Hellyer. 
By the way, if people go to creation.com and type in Paul Hellier, H-E-L-L-Y-E-R, um, they'll see I've actually written articles about him. And the defining thing for Hellier, why people like him become convinced, why there's been a new truth or a new revelation for him, is because he saw something. Hmm. And this is the key. Once people see something in the sky, and particularly when they have one of these experiences where they claim they've been abducted by aliens, it becomes a life-changing event for them. And uh, their worldview changes. You know, right at the beginning, you said, you, you asked the big questions, part of your ministry. You know, why are we here? Where did we come from? You know, the three big questions of life everybody asks, Kevin, is where do we come from? What's the meaning and purpose of life? What happens to me when we die? Yeah. Well, if evolution's true, there is no meaning and purpose to our life, right? And when you die, they just burn you up or put you in the ground, that's it. But if the Bible's true, God has created, there is meaning and purpose to your life, and the decisions you make in this life are going to affect where you spend eternity. My point there is questions two and three will always be determined by what you think about question number one. Mm. And so when people have these experiences with entities that they think are aliens, it, it replaces that foundational question, number one, where did I come from? Because these entities appear and they might tell them things like aliens are our, you know, we're our creators. And so it, it gives them new meaning and purpose to life. Yeah, now I... And these um, visitations, they have their own eschatology, by the way, uh, that, uh, you know, in, some, in the future, the, the Earth's going to evolve into some utopian planet. Etc. Now, now this is interesting because I've had people say, because um, I was having some discussions with some people when I was talking about discussing this subject with you on the radio, and uh, some people said, well, how, how can you have an intelligent you know, discussion, a, quote, scientific discussion about something that's not real? They, you know, they, they're skeptics, and, and naturally I'm a skeptic myself uh, regarding aliens. And so the question is, um, you know, what kind of evidence are are you looking at here to believe that these people aren't actually just you know kind of off their rocker and um and because the immediate reaction people have is well maybe these people are hallucinating maybe they're on drugs maybe they just want to be uh maybe they just want to become popular or famous or be known for something maybe they're just trying to get attention um how do you respond to somebody who who says that's really what's going on here and and uh we're we're going to well, have that, a... well that's very dismissive let me just say when i entered this field of research yeah. i come from a very conservative christian background i i am not a a demons under the bed type of guy sure but there the bible talks about a spiritual realm and a spiritual reality and and it's been going on throughout history it's taken different guises. The Bible records, if you like, visitors from another dimension, which we might call angels today. The Lord Jesus himself stood before Pilate and said, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is from another place. And so for people who do not accept a spiritual realm, uh, who have these encounters, and I'm saying that the majority of them are spiritual in nature, they these entities masquerade themselves as higher enlightened beings, and okay. as a result, it let's causes pause. people. Let's to pause uh, right there. The let's pause right there, Gary, because uh, we are going to yeah. take a quick break, and then uh, very interesting discussion here. And so, so when we come back, we're going to look at the spiritual connection between these alien uh, visitations. Um, what's going on here, actually? Wake up, America! Diets don't work. 
Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and most of us have dutifully dieted our way there. Research indicates the average woman spends 17 years of her life on a diet. Stop dieting. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Activate the miracle and lose weight permanently with healing foods. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Take your first steps toward pain-free feet with just one call. Dr. Roy Phillips will take time with you whether you need top-quality orthotics, relief from ingrown or infected nails, fasciitis, bursitis, or surgical solutions. If you've been told that you need surgery, call Dr. Roy Phillips, 858-272-1091. Learn more online at drphillipspodiatrist.com, 858-272-1091. Welcome to Educate for Life. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. And my website is educateforlife.org. I have a very special guest today, Gary Bates, um, has done tons of research on aliens, uh, alien, UFO sightings, alien abductions, and so forth. We are continuing this conversation, and I want to hop right back into it here um, my question was, um, Gary, do you have any, or, or what evidence do you document that somebody who's a skeptic can say, um, certainly something is happening here? Uh, maybe it's not aliens per se visiting us from another planet, but something is definitely going on. This isn't just something we can write off as people wanting attention. Sure. Let me first say, Kevin, we need to be very careful of being dismissive of people's experiences because we don't agree with their interpretation of those experiences. As I said, I come from a conservative Christian background. I've been to UFO conferences. I've read the literature. There is no question that people are seeing strange things in the sky. Now, the majority can be explained. One of the reasons is, you know, because of the belief of evolution and life on other planets and science fiction and the idea that people can get there in their hyperdrive spaceships, people look up and see things like ball lightning and... uh, and satellites across the sky, and they interpret them as UFOs. UFOs not being unidentified flying objects, but they really mean, you know, alien spaceships. Yeah. But then there's a more disturbing reality, because, you know, you and I can't kind of, kind of test that light in the sky. We can't lasso it, bring it in, and do empirical tests on it. Mm. But you mentioned up to 4 million Americans claim to have been abducted by aliens. Now, that figure is an extrapolation. It was based on something called the Roper Poll, where only a few thousand were surveyed. But there have been wider polls, and believe it or not, 80% of the population in this country, which must include a lot of Christians, believe that aliens have either visited us in Earth's history or are currently visiting us. So this is no small thing. In fact, at any one time, 70 to 80% of the highest grossing movies of all time are science fiction based, and they have evolution at their core. In other words, when you watch something like even in innocuous as Star Wars, the reason those aliens look, you know, have different body shapes, look weird on other planets is because evolution took a different turn in their planet's history. Mm. So the concept that evolution is occurring all over the universe and, peop- and they were evolving at different stages, meaning they advanced the technology, perhaps in advance of us, gives them the ability to travel here. And that's what could explain some of these sightings and the claims that people are abducted during the night. Now, I've met, I just want to make a point here. It's not little Joe Christian here, just Bible thumping. 
<laughs> I've met hundreds and hundreds of people who claim they've seen things. That includes Christians. And I've also met lots and lots of people who claim they've been abducted by aliens. They turn up at my lectures, and when they hear me speak, they often say, you know what, you're the first guy, first Christian I've ever heard who actually understands what happens to me. So the first thing there is you never deny the experience. Something happened to them, but the question is, was it truthful? You can have a real experience, but was it truthful? Now, if we take a biblical approach from this, if we go right back to the beginning, the first deception occurred. It says a, a very, very smart and powerful being came and deceived the first people. He conned them into believing something that wasn't true, and as a result, they rebelled from God. That's called sin. Mm. We've had events like this throughout history. This is going to sound weird, but 200 years ago, people had experiences with beings called fairies. Now, imagine if, a, if a, an entity stood at the bottom of your bed in the middle of the night and said, I'm a fairy, well, you'd doubt your own sanity. But hundreds of years ago, people didn't because fairies were popular culture. So today, and again, don't believe a little Joe Christian here, my book is actually a collation of research from the secular researchers. And they're the ones that are saying that this phenomenon of whatever it is, what they call abductions or visitations, if, if you like, transmogrifies itself, it morphs itself into the cultural understanding of the day. So because of beliefs in science fiction and evolution, the spiritual enemies of God are manifesting themselves in a guise that is totally believable and totally acceptable to people today. And as a result, it is a life-changing experience. You know, as I said, uh, if some people might remember the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, in that movie, it was uh, a movie made by Spielberg. He was paying homage to two very significant researchers. One was a, a man by the name of Dr. J. Allen Hynek. He makes a cameo at the end of the movie. And the other was a researcher by the name of Dr. Jacques Vallée. And he, the Frenchman in the movie, the lead character, was actually based upon Dr. Jacques Vallée. Here's what Dr. Jacques Vallée wrote. Now, he's not a Christian, secular researcher. Right? This is back in the 1970s. He said this, I propose the hypothesis that there is a control system for human consciousness that what takes place through a close encounters with UFOs is control of human beliefs, the control of the relationship between our consciousness, some might say our, our spirit, and physical reality. This control has been in force throughout history, and it's of secondary importance that it should now assume the form of sightings of space visitors. That's what a secular researcher found out. Wow, that's... He doesn't accept the Bible and he doesn't accept the spiritual realm. As Christians, we have that advantage because we actually have a source from that spiritual realm that gives us a heads up to actually expect these types of things. Yeah, that's pretty heavy that uh, somebody in his position would come to that conclusion purely off of um, <laughs> the evidence, the evidentiary, uh, you know, interviewing all these people and having all these discussions and uh, that's, that's pretty amazing. And again, I really want to encourage you to, if you have not read uh, Gary Bates' book, it is Alien Intrusion, and uh, I highly recommend it. It's uh, amazing uh, as far as just how interesting it is, and um, just the insight in it is phenomenal. So uh, anybody out there who's interested in aliens, I don't see how you couldn't 
uh, buy this book and take the time to uh, read it. it. It has so much uh, information about alien abductions, uh, UFO sightings, and the implications of that. And I think that's a really big part of what we're dealing with here is, um, so we have all this information and uh, we look at all these things of people who feel like they're controlled by other presences. At night, they're controlled by other presences. They can't move. They can't talk. Um, for some of these people, they, they uh, get, uh, you know, they go unconscious or whatever for uh, an hour, four hours, and they come back and they have um, these experiences that are very detailed and oftentimes very similar to one another. And it, it seems almost like there's a theme going through that. And uh, a big part of the question that we want to address here this evening with uh, my guest Gary Bates is what are the implications for us then? And what does it mean for us as uh, Bible-believing Christians? And what does it mean for those who are non-believers? Um, what does this have to do with our everyday lives? And it, does it have anything to do uh, at all with our everyday lives? Um, is this something we should be concerned about? And if we are, uh, what, what do we do about it? When we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Gary Bates. His website is creation.com, uh, one of the largest Christian uh, creation ministries in the world. Uh, he is the CEO of Creation Ministries International, his book, Alien Intrusion. Uh, you can buy it at creation.com. My website is educateforlife.org. If you'd like a recording of this, this show, you can uh, pick that up tomorrow from my website. And we will be right back to finish up our last segment with author and uh, CEO of uh, Creation Ministries, Gary Bates. Wake up, America. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and it's not your fault. End the guilt, frustration, and pain. Stop dieting, starving, and depriving yourself. Free yourself from the bondage of feeling trapped in your body. Forgive yourself. Achieve permanent weight loss with healing foods. You can love food again. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Learn how to activate the miracle. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. And uh, you can stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website's educateforlife.org. And my ministry is all about preparing people to be able to deal with the hard questions about the Bible. There's all kinds of questions that come up. Um, You know, creation evolution questions. How do we know which religion is right? Um, You know, how do we know the Bible is the word of God? How do we know it's inerrant and infallible? Um, How do we know it hasn't been changed over time? There's so many different questions like that. And the goal of my website is to answer all those questions. And I actually have some online classes that you can take there to get those questions answered. Our guest today is Gary Bates. And uh, we're talking about aliens and alien abductions. Um, Gary, I'm going to just let you jump right in here and um, continue the discussion here. Sure. Well, you remember I said that um, my book is actually a collation of secular research. I think the reason it's been an Amazon top 50 bestseller, the only book by creationists to do that, um, in fact, no more non-Christians have read it than, than Christians. So the non-Christians shouldn't be you know, worried that it's a Bible-thumping exercise. But one of the summations in the book was fascinating. I came across two researchers for a group called MUFON, Mutual UFO Network, which is the largest... UFO investigation group in the world here in the United States. One of them was a, uh, a state director. Uh, and uh, what they used to do is, uh, part of their role with MUFON, if people had sightings or had abductions, they would go out and interview them. And, you know, they would catalog these and uh, you know, keep them in their records. 
But they said, you know, the abduction phenomenon, the idea that people were having these experiences and people said that the aliens walked through the walls and then they, when they claimed when they were taken on board a spaceship, they went through the walls and the ceilings or something like this. But the problem was when they came back, you know, there was never any physical evidence. No one brought back a towel from the bathroom yeah. <laughs> as a result of the trip on board the spaceship. So for non-Christian secular researchers, this was really problematic. So these guys, they said, look, instead of looking at who has been abducted, they said, is there any particular group who has not been abducted? Like, you know, is there a part of the population that seems to be exempt? So they went through all their research and they started to notice a pattern. And they said there were two types of Christians. There were these walk-the-walk Christians using their vernacular and there were these talk-the-talk Christians. The walk-the-walk Christians, by and large, did not seem to have these experiences at all. But there were some talk-the-talk Christians who said, well, they'd had these experiences, but they knew enough about their Christianity that in their moment of terror they would pray or they would call out on the name of Christ, and these abductions, in inverted commas, would instantly cease. So they thought, you know, we're onto something here. And uh, so they rang their colleagues in MUFON, and they rang their colleagues around the world, and they got absolutely no help. And they said, yeah, we found that research. So what? Aliens don't like Christians. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> that was how they dealt with it. But they said, no, we think we're onto something. So they put an advert in the paper to say, anybody have these experiences? And then they started to catalog their own research. And it became even more abundantly clear that what they came to understand as walk-the-walk Christians, which was you know, what we might describe as born-again, Bible-believing Christians, generally seemed to be exempt. So they said, well, let's find out what it is about Christians that allegedly aliens don't like. And they took themselves off to a local church and enrolled in a new Christians class in a Bible study. And guess what happened to them? <laughs> they became Christians. That's amazing. And so that led them on to another area of research. And now one of them, he's cataloged over 400 cases where these alleged abduction events have been halted in the name of Christ or by people professing faith in Christ, singing hymns, saying prayers in their moment of terror, and it instantly ceases. So that should be an indication that this phenomenon is spiritual in nature, just as we described before. The Bible is very, very clear that there's a spiritual realm. There are good angels and there are bad angels. And, you know, our, our traditional cultural view out of, of angels is not really how most people think. You know, they're not these beings with kind of fairy rings that wings that float around in some ethereal realm when the bible records interactions with angels they appear physically they harm people they kill people they even sit down and eat they were wearing clothes so they can appear physically in our realm and affect our realm wow and all the historical events will show you that they've been able to alter their form and their theme over time as well. And so if there are any non-Christians listening to this, this should indicate to them that there is a spiritual dimension to our universe. Absolutely, and you know what? Yeah. Evolution can't explain that. Naturalism, materialism, as in matter is all there ever is, cannot explain that. Yeah, and like these researchers, they found that the Bible was the best set of glasses to put on 
to interpret this evidence. You know, as one of those famous passages in Scripture warns us, it says that the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God because they are spiritually discerned. So yeah, you've got to be wearing the, if you like, the right set of Bible glasses exactly, to, be able to right, understand the phenomenon for what it is. The right presuppositions there. Um, in Matthew eight sixteen, it says, When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. And, you know, if you're out there and you've, you've had experiences like this, you know, and, or you're just interested in this kind of a thing, um, like these researchers that Gary Bates is um, talking about here, I recommend you look into the Bible. I recommend you take some time to read the Gospels where Jesus is constantly dealing with the spiritual realm. And, uh, you know, this, this is real stuff. And I, I think anybody who, who um, just writes off the idea that these alien abductions or, uh, you know, UFO sightings are just uh, purely mythical has a big uh, problem to deal with because why are so many people having these experiences? And um, there's so much more to our existence than what we can potentially scientifically observe. Um, and so uh, the Bible is our guide for that. And uh, I just want to thank you, Gary, for being on the show with us this evening. It's been a huge blessing. Any any um, advice or, or guidance you'd like to leave our listeners with? No, I would just say that, uh, you know, we live in a world where kind of the, uh, the majority opinion tends to hold sway. Uh, I would say to folks out there, you know, God gave us a brain. It's normal to ask questions, uh, but take the time to find answers. And you mentioned creation.com actually has 35 years worth. It's over 10,000 articles, all free. It's all broken up into categories. People can just type in the search engine, you know, who did Cain marry? What happened to the dinosaurs? And there are answers to these questions. And you guys are having also, um, a, you speak all over the country, uh, you're having a super conference too. Is that coming up uh, here soon? Yeah, that's actually uh, coming up in Myrtle Beach in July. If they go to the front page of our website, they'll see a button and a big banner. It's a living conference. We've got 13 speakers from around the world, 22 sessions over four and a half days in a private resort right on the beach, all meals included and people can uh, really soak all this information up. What are the dates for that? Ah, let me check. You're asking the CEO, and he can't remember <laughs> the dates off the top of his head, but uh, it'll take me about two seconds to find out. Uh, what If people want to book, all they do is they go to our website, and it's July 13 to 17. July 13 to 17. Fantastic. Well, thank you uh, very much for listening in, for tuning in. Uh, for everybody who's, who's listening, I hope you enjoyed the show. We're going to pick up next week with a biblical archaeologist who's currently doing a dig in Israel and uncovering archaeological finds that verify and validate the Bible. Every single day, he's digging up evidence that the Bible is true. Uh, so uh, look forward to being with you next week, Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. on AM 1170, The Answer. This is Kevin Conover saying have a good night. God bless you. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a regular feature on AM 1170, The Answer. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, exclusively on AM 1170. The answer.
your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more. Educate for Life on AM 1170. The answer is sponsored by educateforlife.org. 